Phil, that was uh, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Engels, and a professor at Penn State University, a transcendentalist, not only a theoretical, uh, from a theoretical perspective, but he actually considers himself a transcendentalist, very committed to uh, the concept of oneness. Uh, he is a, a, a highly trained yoga teacher and uh, has his own yoga studio and also teaches meditation. And it was fascinating. And, and I wanted to, you, you brought up an important point and that was about, uh, because the word ethics is in his new book title and the ethics of oneness. And um, uh, a lot of times people can have what I think is a misconception about the idea of us being one with everything that uh, that throws ethics out the window. We just go with the flow. But in fact, uh, I do not, nor do I think you or he uh, believe that. And uh, so your, your thoughts on that, because you followed up on it and obviously I have given it a lot of thought. Yeah, and um, part of that comes from uh, teachings in especially uh, the non-dual traditions that come from India that get sort of misconstrued that um, there's nothing that that proper behavior and all that's good and right will naturally come with realization or a spiritual awakening. And that nothing much matters in the relative world of cause and effect because it's all oneness anyway, and it's all the divine play uh, working itself out. So why bother? Which I think is a cop-out, and a lot of right. other people agree with me um, because we, we, we may, it may be the, not the complete uh, truth that we're separate beings, but we experience that we're separate beings. And if I punch you in the nose, you're gonna feel pain and I'm not, you know, and we're still embodied beings, right. even though there's oneness. And so having proper behavior and standards to uphold is a good idea. That's why every religion that's, you know, founded on a revelation also ends up developing you know, moral and ethical codes. Um, so I think he's onto something and I, I, the, the implications as he put it, you know, what flows from the realization of oneness um, has um, implications about how we live in the world, especially in an age of conflict and inequality and racism and all the issues we have to deal right. with. Yeah, I know it seems apparent from a rational thinking being that everything isn't going the way it absolutely should. And, uh, you know, there's the, the perspective that as one uh, grows uh, and evolves, as one grows toward that oneness, assuming that oneness is, and, and I think uh, he certainly does, that I, I think the spontaneity in action that is in accord with growth and evolution uh, becomes natural. But until that time, uh, one looks for guidance from those that are maybe further down the, the path than, than, than you are. And, you know, so I, I think it's common sense. And obviously, we need those guidelines. And every, everybody teaches their kids 
right from wrong. People may disagree on what is right and wrong, but it would be rare for somebody to say, hey, just do your thing, because we're all one. Uh, but that does not negate the understanding or, or the realization uh, that there is a, uh, a, a, a greater, uh, there is a unity, there is a oneness. And to, to a certain degree, I think it's true that as you realize that and as you evolve spiritually, you're more likely to behave with kindness and compassion to others because you see them uh, as as an extension of yourself. You, you, you at least to some degree appreciate the, the uh, essential divinity within all of us. But it doesn't totally eliminate selfish and cruel behavior as we've unfortunately seen even in people who um, have ostensible awakenings and who are uh, guiding other people spiritually. They often misbehave or they have misbehaved. And so we have to accept that reality that you know, living up to standards uh, commonly agreed upon ethics is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I, know the details of how Jeremy plays out this, uh, what he calls rituals of oneness and democratic mindfulness, but it's worth exploring. Yeah, he teaches communication and ethics. And uh, next time we have him on, and I would like him on again, I'd like to discuss a little bit about what specifically he teaches and and how it relates uh, to the, uh, what we discussed today and his his identification as being a transcendentalist, not just somebody who who thinks about it or or teaches it, but actually has committed himself to that. Uh, And, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it was also interesting what came up today. I'm sure many of our listeners and viewers are familiar with uh, the transcendentalists, Emerson, Whitman, Thoreau, and others. But uh, these were guys that lived back a while back and uh, were very influenced by the Upanishads, by the Gita, certainly Emerson and Thoreau. And uh, again, in your book, American Veda, which uh, uh, Jeremy referred to, uh, you get into a lot of that. Yeah. It's also uh, interesting, we didn't have a a chance to ask him about this, but I didn't realize it until I read his bio and I saw the book before that, um, that his uh, area of academic expertise is rhetoric. He was, uh, his doctorate is in uh, the field of rhetoric and uh, he calls rhetoric the ancient art of controversy and contestation and public speaking. And it's out of that study that he, uh, or I should say he brings the discipline of of rhetoric into this. So, you know, I'm guessing that uh, how to speak to others and how to reason and the the use of language is uh, an important piece of it. Interesting. I mean, <clears throat> one of the he de- does teach ethics and he does teach communication, and I'm sure in his, uh, at least in his communication courses, there's a lot about rhetoric. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm sure I'd love to take a course with him because he, he's thinking along lines that I have often thought about, and uh, I'd be real curious. I will follow up and uh, I, I read his book, uh, 
the ethics of one that's I mean great title yeah and, uh, you know mm-hmm. mentions by Greg Gita and all so uh, yes there are many and I, I'll mention this there are many people out there that we have all heard of and those uh, that speak about uh, con- speak in the area of contemporary spirituality and we'll try to get all those folks on and we have gotten most of them on but there's a lot of people like Jeremy you've probably never heard of that have a lot to say and you you should know about and on this show we try to give a voice to those folks. So there you go. And listeners, if you know of wonderful people, authors, scholars, spiritual teachers, whoever on any path, let us know. We'd love to discover new possible guests. And if there's anybody in our archive you'd like us to invite back onto the show, let us know. And good, good point. And while you're listening or watching us right now, take a second and hit the button that allows you to subscribe. That's important to us. Uh, and uh, it just says subscribe right there. And for those people that have helped keep us on the air with your contributions, thank you very much. And if there's anybody else that would like to do that, please do so. We're not a nonprofit. It's not a donation, but it's a contribution. But it, it keeps us going or helps keep us going and well-equipped with uh, good sound and, and visual and all that. And uh, yes, we have about 300 shows in our archives, as I mentioned before, and uh, enjoy them, share them. Uh, right. And then, you know, it's an education. It's been an education for me interviewing these people. Sure has. And speaking with Phil. And you. Yeah. This is. For all one. This is. You can get a, you should be able to get a graduate degree in spirituality from watching. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, certainly we. I can't imagine a course in uh, contemporary religion, spirituality, whatever, that would cover nearly as much ground as we've covered. It's unbelievable. Right. Terrific. All right, game. man. There we go. Until next time. Well, not self. I'm talking about the big self. <laughs> okay. Like Whitman, you know. So anyway, till next time, Phil. Bye.